ecclesiology. It is the study of the doctrine of the church. And that's going to be our topic today on Life Talks as we continue our series on Doctrine 101, some of the basic um, teachings and understandings of Scripture that influence us in our walk in how we conduct the Great Commission and uh, and the occupation of a broken world until mm-hmm. Christ comes again. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in suburban Charlotte. We have had—this has been a fun series, and I actually have gotten a lot of feedback. I know you have yeah. as well. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it's it's not the dry seminary course that some people <laughs> feared when they said—when uh, we said Doctrine 101 is yeah. on this, but we're coming toward a conclusion— yeah. Uh, before Christ returned to heaven, he established this church uh, that uh, that we're a part of. Yeah. It is a universal church, mm-hmm. uh, also called the family of God, mm-hmm. but it is comprised of the local church, mm-hmm. uh, the visible body of Christ on earth from generation to generation. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, Ben, where do we start? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I never know how long these are going to last. I just write down notes and we just see what happens. Yeah. And there's sometimes, like, I thought we'd been like two episodes on angelology. I think you it always like think it's not mm-hmm. going to take as long as it does. It's like a Dan yeah. sermon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, but in uh, here, we can shut it down at 22 minutes. And just <laughs> <laughs> good luck at shutting Dan down at 22 minutes. <laughs> I can turn your mic off. <laughs> um, so, so I think the first thing you understand is, when people say well, ecclesiology, the study of the church, why don't they call it churchology? And it's because that the church is, def, you know, the, the, the word for church in in the Greek is ecclesia, uh, um, and so which means called out ones. And we get the origin of that word. Um, really, one of the origins of that word comes from uh, uh, Alexander the Great when he was doing his big conquering the world thing. Um, what he would try to do to bring about his the Hellenistic way of life, he would bring the doctors. He, he would take medicine, sports, government, education. He would bring people from Greece, and he would settle them in these these little towns. And he would call the group of people that came out of Greece to to Hellenize these different parts of the world his ecclesia. And so, you know, it's it's important for us to understand. I mean, ecclesia simply means called out ones. It means an assembly. Okay, I got to ask this question. I'm going to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm really afraid to ask it. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay because we no one else is listening. We don't know an idiot. Just, just you and me talking. Is Dan. there any relation between the Old Testament ecclesia? Ecclesiastes. Oh no, no, no. no. Okay, just have um, <laughs> Please cut that out. Of the <laughs> I don't even understand the question like yet. Ecclesiastes sounds like ecclesia. Yeah. Yes. Is it a Hebrew word? They're, wait, they're not connected. No, because ecclesia is is made up of two words: kaleo, which means called; ek means out of, called out ones. Okay. Ecclesia and, and Ecclesiastes is. Yeah. Is, I don't know. I I, I used to know Hebrew and Greek. I used to I'll know. I used to know I'll the origin of Ecclesiastes. You preached on it for how many weeks, Dan? <laughs> you were back laying in, the, in bed. <laughs> If you don't know the history of our church, you that's that joke went right over your head. But anyways, um no, it's there's still stuck in my crop. <laughs> there, there is no there's there's no relation between ecclesia and okay, ecclesia. I'm sorry, I, that was a, that was a bad rabbit trail. Yes, that's all right. Um so I think the first thing we gotta say is let's define the church. I and again, this this goes to a bigger argument of when did the church begin? We'll we'll talk about that because some people have believe that Israel is the church and the church is Israel, mm-hmm. and and some people. So, anyways, um, I my definition of church is the a com, the community of Jesus' disciples 
um, who fulfill the church's purpose, its offices, and its ordinances. Okay, so it's it's a it's a group of people that come together, the community of Jesus' disciples who fulfill the church's purpose that Jesus gave to us, the offices that Jesus gave us, and the ordinances that Jesus gave us. So so that's because how many times have you heard a group of people meeting in a home? Well, we're just gonna, we're just the church here, mm-hmm. right? And I know for you that drives you nuts. It, doesn't uh, it? It really <laughs> Mister <me. laughs> Mr. Order and structure, structure and like when, rules. <laughs> you know, the, the, when people just want to say, "Well, this is church," and and you're like, well, what? "If everything is church, nothing is church." And exactly. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a important distinction. W- what defines the church? Now, what I would say is you mentioned it in the intro, there are two different ways to see the church. You have the universal church, and then you have the local church. The universal church is made up of all believers in all places, in all times that are followers of Jesus. AKA the body of Christ. The body of Christ, right? right? Like there's this- The bride of Christ. There's this universal <clears throat> picture of the church that, again, uh, Paul re- references the this universal, because there are some really- smaller tribes of independent Baptists that don't believe in the, the right. universal and I, church. And I was raised in that. Yeah. So. And and so, but Jesus says that, that in, in, or I'm sorry, Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, um, he's talking about how God, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, and, you know, died for her. Like this idea of this universal church that he's preparing to, mm-hmm. to, to unify one day, meet, meet, you know, that, that the marriage supper of the lamb. So we have the universal church, and that's that's a cool thing to think about. But but the reality is most of us have experiences in the local church. When you go in the mission field, you are engaging with the universal church, right? And, and the local church. And the local churches. Yeah. But but local churches are part of the great body of Christ. And so the local church, we see this in Scripture all over the place. The church of Thessalonica, the church of Philippi. Um, the Church of Galatia. When Paul writes these letters, he's writing these letters to individual churches. The church, the letters to the churches in Revelation, that each of these communities, each of these cities, would have a church. Now they didn't have a typical church like we did. They had they would have home groups, and typically, at least for the first two hundred fifty years, most Christians met in homes. They would meet in homes. You know, if you are a wealthy person, you could fit sometimes up to a hundred people in your courtyard. Sometimes it was much smaller; it might be like a dozen to twenty-five. But, but typically, every city had these little gatherings, and there would be a a bishop um, or a group of elders over that all over all those different bodies. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All those little, little microcosms of the church. Um, but they were considered local churches that they would they all fellowship together. So when you talk about what is the church, you have to have the definition that has, which fulfills, it's a group of followers of Jesus that have fulfilled, that fulfill the purposes, the offices, and the ordinances, okay? Um, now, Dan, when did the church begin? What do you think? I believe it began at Pentecost. Yes, I believe that as well. The reason I believe that is because the first time Jesus mentions his church is in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, uh, when he tells Peter, you know, after the famous declaration, you are the Christ, and he says, Jesus says, uh, and I'm going to call you Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, not to get distracted. He doesn't call, he doesn't say he's going to build the church on Peter, because he uses two words for rock there. He's saying the statement of Peter that of you are the Messiah, he's going to build his church. So the Catholics completely butcher that and, you know, that hermeneutical interpretation. Um, But 
But Jesus says, I will, it's future. I will build my church. Um, and then you have Acts chapter two, which the Holy Spirit comes and there's this change in everything. And when you look in the book of Acts, you'll see how they describe what's going on in the movement of the spirit. And they say, they'll talk about going back to the beginning. What was the beginning? Pentecost. So, so Pentecost really is the birth of the church. It's really when God, um, you have that really middle in between between Jesus taking the bread and cup and saying, this is the new covenant, my blood. So he's, he's, he's instituting the new covenant, but it comes to fruition at Pentecost. And interesting about Pentecost, when the spirit comes, that is the holiday by which the Israelites remember the giving of the law. So the giving of the law parallels the giving of the spirit to start the church. Um, some people will say that, you know, the, the real, you know, covenant people of God, even though he made a covenant with Abraham, it became a nation at Mount Sinai. And so the church became, you know, the people of God became the church at, at Pentecost. So that's the origin of the church. Um, any questions on that? Um, okay. I'm, we're just going to fly through. This is, this is not like angelology. We're like, you know, just yeah, well, there's not the, a lot to me. There's not a the lot to boring on this. church I mean, doctrine. I, I, I can tell you where Ecclesiastes comes from okay. if you want to. So that came from the Greek Ecclesiastes to render Hebrew, and I don't know how to pronounce this, but koholith, starting with a Q, which is one who addresses an assembly. So there is an assembly oh, context. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like a preacher, although that's considered not really synonymous so it's with like the a message brief. to the congregation yes something yeah. like that okay okay to the assembly all right so so that i i mentioned in my definition that a community of jesus disciples that fulfill the purposes the offices and the ordinances and so really what are the purposes there's a couple different purposes I, i'm not going to get into the weeds of all of these things but you know basically the church's purpose to bring glory to god in everything they say and do right we we know that that, that, that part of our role is to glorify god to to worship him you know, in everything we say and do. Um, the second one, to represent Jesus to the world, that, that we are, you have these illustrations in the Bible where it says we are called the body of Christ multiple times. Why, why are we called the body? He is the head because we are to be the actual expression of Jesus, the salt and the light. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount was, was perfect illustration of this, that we are to be, even the word Christian means little Christ. We are to be representing, partnering with Jesus. So the church is supposed to be a microcosm of the kingdom of God to show people this is what it means for people that are living under the authority of Jesus. This is what we live like. This is what we look like. This is how we act. So, so issues of love and justice and mercy and grace, these are all things that should be flowing out of us to represent Jesus to, to the world as the church. Um, third thing, we're supposed to make disciples. Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, um, baptizing them, you know, teaching them everything I commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's this idea of you're not just to be a holy huddle. You are to, you have a job, not just to represent me, to show people what I look like and to what my kingdom looks like, but you're to invite others into this. You're to invite people to become like me. Uh, invite them into the to 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 believe in the good news. Believe that I am the Messiah. So th there's this idea of glory. There's this idea of representation. There's this idea of, of mission and discipleship. Um, and then the other thing that we see all throughout Scripture is to equip and mature believers. Like that's especially read Ephesians chapter four when it's talking about the role that we play. That especially the leaders play into so that we as the church can can attain to the full measure of Christ. That the idea that 
every church that is exists isn't fully mature. We don't look like Jesus yet. So we have a lot of growing to do. And so whether in Paul's chapters four through six are all about the application of what it looks like to become more mature in Christ. It has to do with forgiveness, has to do with loving one another, walking in love, husbands loving your wives, submitting to one another. Um, all of these practical verses we hear, what is that about? It's about becoming more like Jesus. And so part of the role and responsibility and the purpose of the church is to make sure that the people who believe in Jesus are becoming like Jesus. Most churches that you come across really, um, what I find, they do one of these things really well. Hmm. Okay, so you have churches, and I, I think I talked about this in an episode with you about the the five giftings. But it's like mm -hmm. so, some churches do. I mean, they're known for their worship. We just want to glorify God. Some churches are known for their deep Bible teaching. You know, we we want to make sure Christians are mature. Some churches are all about evangelism. Some churches are all about justice and mercy, and they're out there making sure that that the that the non believers feel the love of Jesus. Fellowship is another one. Uh, it, these are all things that people should be experiencing. That, the problem is most churches are kind of one dimensional and, and you have Christians who are, should be are always pounding their drum and saying, why aren't we doing more of this? And, and typically it's like, yeah, we need to do more of that, but help us, yeah. help us to be. So those are the purposes of the church. Um, then we have the offices of the church. The offices of the church are basically two major offices. You have elder, overseer, and pastor. Those are all intertwined terms. Same set of qualifications. Same set of qualifications. Um, you know, Acts chapter 20, verse 28, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, Acts chapter 14, verse 4. I'm just throwing these verses out if you want to listen to it, read them later. Acts 14, 23, 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7, 1 Peter, uh, I already said 1 Peter, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 through 12. These are, you see these offices um, on display of leadership within the church. And so that's the elder overseer. Yeah, there, there are different facets of a, of a, a single office. I think that's important to note. Yeah. It's it's like it, it, I don't think it's correct to say it's like three different names for the same thing because that that's kind of like um saying dad, daddy and father are all the same. Mm -hmm. But instead it would be father uh, husband breadwinner or mm -hmm. so it's all the same person you may be talking about but that's different roles yeah, with the same person. But you also have you also have a cultural component to this as well because Jew, the elder is a Jewish term. The mm -hmm. elders of mm -hmm. the city. The episkopos, which is the overseer, that's more of a Greek term. Both of them could understand it. So if you had a multicultural group, when you said elder and bishop, people from each side would be like, oh, I know, oh, what, yeah, you, yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, so, so anyways, those are... Yeah, so, so, so that's the senior spiritual senior spiritual leadership team. It has uh, heft, gravitas, yeah. and I believe that that when it comes to, I'll get into church government later. I'll, I'll cover that later. Let's just talk about that. There's two offices, and then you have deacons. Deacons are the servants. They're they're the serve. They're the people within this church body that are, um, they help out with with the, you know, feeding of the widows and 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 help making sure that you know things are getting done that. As, as the disciples or the apostles said, we need to be stay focused on the the ministry of the prayer of prayer in the word, and not that you know you and I are against picking up a chair and moving it, but that's not our primary purpose. Our primary purpose is not to, um, you know, 
do those things. I, you know, you've you've heard this saying before. I've said it before. The difference between the, the past uh, a pastor and a deacon is a pastor is a servant leader and a deacon is a lead servant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good way of really understanding yep. those two offices. Yep. Okay. Um, so, so, anyways, th- those are if you don't have those offices operating in the church, you're going to miss out on something. Um, and then, lastly, we have the ordinances of the church which are baptism and Lord's Supper. Now you might have a few, I think it's brethren churches that have foot washing. Uh, they take uh, that uh, Free from Will Baptist. Free that. Will Baptist mm-hmm. as well. There's a couple tribes within Christianity that, that have a third ordinance. Um, the, there's also a difference, even by calling them ordinances, we're, we're probably not in the majority of the, of Christianity. The, and they would call them sacraments. Most Christians call them, and I'm talking about Presbyterians, Methodists, Anglican, Episcopal, Catholic, and I'm not saying... You know what I'm saying? The different mm-hmm. tribes within, under the umbrella of Christianity, they call them sacraments. And the reason why you and I don't call them sacraments, because we're Baptistic in our theology, yeah. is we don't believe that they are a means by which you attain any grace, okay? That they're merely, they're acts of worship and or remembrance of or obedience, but they do not bestow any special extra, God loves me more, God accepts me more. Yeah. Right, yeah, and 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 so they're more integral to to the practice of the church and in the mainstream denominations yeah. than you'd find in evangelical and bab- Baptist. Yeah, which for me is a little bit of a co- bone of contention, and you know, again, another debate episode in the future. Is I take a narrower position on that that I believe that that the ordinances must be uh, should be um, exercised within. The local church. The local church. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I'm not a fan of small groups uh, or families or just spontaneous. So you're groups telling going me, Dan, practicing. You're telling me there's a dying woman on her deathbed in the hospital, and all she wants to do is partake in the Lord's supper yeah, before call, she dies. Call a pastor and elder. Yeah, and he should go down there. And, and I know, but you, you're okay with that. You're okay with her. As long as, the, as long as it's a pastor and elder, that's it's under the it's under their. Authority. Authority. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so. right. I'm just curious. And I know. I know. I'm a minority view on that. Yeah. Even at our Life, church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's that's. I mean, that my could be personal that, preference. Yes, because I'm a. I'm probably on the other end of that. I believe that anyone can baptize. Anyone can lead the Lord's yeah, supper. You're a liberal. But. <laughs> 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 debate episode. Write this down, Josh. Another I mean, debate um, episode. Yep, that's wrong. Um, okay, but but. But you and I are in agreement that they, these are not a means of grace. And again, right, not everyone, right. not everyone who on all that spectrum of I just gave you all those lists of different denominational tribes, not everyone looks at those as a means of grace in the same way. If you're a Catholic, you believe that it's a part of your salvation. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you are evangelical, um, more in the evangelical Presbyterian groups, you believe there's a spiritual benefit to it. Right. Right. So, so there's. And I do believe there's a spiritual benefit to it because it's obedience. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is they, they just, st- they still, they use the words, it's a means of grace. And I just don't like that wording. Yeah. Anyways, that's. Well, just, if there's a means, there needs to be an end. And if yes. the end, yeah. And, it's a, and, and we got to agree on the end. And I don't know that we do. To me, there's the issue of God's grace is if, if it's faith alone, right? Mm-hmm. Grace alone, that God might give you greater grace to to meet the challenge of going back to Paul's thorn in the flesh. His grace is sufficient for you, all right? There might be things that you go through difficulty times where it's like, I just feel like I have greater grace to meet this. But there's no sense of more favor. You don't get more favor from God 
by getting baptized or having communion. Yep. The fullness of his favor is fully given to you through Jesus on the cross, through faith. No, you can't get anything else. Right. Anyways. Yeah. Going back to the whole concept of truth and, and I'm sorry, the church and the structure of the church and mm-hmm. the founding of the church, mm-hmm. would you believe that every believer has a responsibility to be connected to a local church? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a— I, I, I like saying that out loud for, you know— I think, I think let's confused. hold it right there for the next episode. Let's talk about church membership, why church membership okay. is important. Because I think that that's, I that's, a part, to somebody. that's a part of this that I think we got to go deeper into because— I think so many people, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, there are more people that feel that feel an allegiance to the universal church and not the local church. And I think what you're having is a lot of stunted, immature growth Christians because they're they're more connected to I just want to worship with everyone. And you're like, yeah, but you have no accountability and no oversight. Yeah. And no And I also think it is a veil um for a refusal to come under the authority of a local church. Yeah. All right. So we're 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 kind of all right so we're we're out of time we're out of time okay well um we thought this was going to be the last episode of doctrine 101 but apparently it is no i mean what (laughs) no that's not i mean that's good i i mean we got one more i mean one more ecclesiology not the last of doctrine the last of of the episode oh there's more doctrines i thought i thought no no no. we've got eschatology we haven't even touched eschatology i didn't think we were going to touch it we're too big (laughs) we're too big chickens we're touching eschatology dan (laughs) and coming forward on a debate episode will be <laughs> I, my, my hope is I can make eschatology one episode. I think oh, let's good Let's make that the that's shortest a, that's a episode. Three episode or if there no ever was way. worst prediction you've made yet for twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. And now it is my personal agenda to make it more oh, than one. <laughs> so, well, folks, as always, thank you so much for joining us at Life Talks. We hope that uh, you're telling your friends and neighbors about it. You can always send us a message if you want to Life Talks at lifecharlotte.com. Uh, you can find us on the internet, and you can recommend us uh, on our websites and uh, on wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd write a uh, a uh, uh, recommendation. We would really appreciate that. Um, but as always, uh, tell your friends and neighbors and thank you as always for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.